0: Thanks for
1: joining us today for the Fit Forever Podcast. Hi, this is Fit Forever, and I'm Aline Kaye, and this is my co-host.
0: Hi, I'm Erica.
1: And we are members of WW hashtag Pasadena 830 We have both had um, successful weight losses, and we are here to talk about some of our struggles. This is our very first podcast. Um, But we are not just going to talk about our struggles we're also going to talk about our victories the way we've overcome the daily things that we still deal with the kind of maintenance issues that we see sometimes in some of our fellow members and Erica? Lots of
0: other stuff, yeah. We're, we're so excited about recording um, some guests from Pasadena 830 and sharing this with our meeting mates. We have a very special meeting full of lots of lively ladies and men, and um, we can't wait to publicize some of the stories that are in our group. So I'm excited about that, and I'm really excited about our first guest today.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we pride ourselves in having real people in our meetings who, you know, they aren't just success stories. They're very honest, very vulnerable. I mean, we even have a leader who's been very honest and vulnerable about her own journey and about her own um, maintenance path. And today we have our very own. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. I I'm Carrie and I am super excited to be here on the inaugural uh, podcast the series? I don't know even the right podcast oh, terminology. Oh, yes. This will definitely be a series. Episode. episode the inaugural
1: episode. One.
2: This is episode zero.
1: Ah, oh, <laughs> yes. Here we
0: are. Here we are. So excited to have Carrie. We are looking forward to having so many people that inspire us. And right up there at the top of the list is Carrie.
2: Oh, you are too kind. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Well, you are a very inspiring lady. So, Carrie, why don't you just start off telling us um, when did managing your weight start to, uh, be
2: something that you
0: were focused on?
2: Sure. So I'm one of those people that was always overweight my entire life. I had been an overweight kid. And back then I was teased and made fun of for being heavy. My dad uh, was very heavy and that was just my life and that's what I knew and as a child my dad went to what was then Weight Watchers mm-hmm. and so I remember being in elementary school my mom and I would go with my dad to Weight Watchers and uh, he would do his little program and right after it was we would go to Jack in a Box and get tacos so it like clearly wasn't really sticking I think the way it had been intended And I remember back then, my dad's feelings were hurt because it was mostly women at WW, as it continues to be, I think, uh, here for us. And they wouldn't hug him. Back then, I guess they would hug after weight loss, and my dad never got his hug, and he uh, stuck with him. So that was my very first taste of WW. It wasn't for myself personally, but it was just being around it. And uh, my very first focus of really trying to do something – I was a teacher. I was uh, in Teach for America, and I was about 22, and I tried MetaFast mm-hmm. because I had my weight had gotten very, very high, and I wanted to try something. And I would tried little things along the way, like, oh, well, I'm just going to cut back on this or that or have melon, like ridiculous little things. And so I tried MetaFast, and that was the first time I ever lost weight. I lost a lot of weight very quickly, but it was a very limited program. And it wasn't sustainable, but it gave me that that little piece of, hey, I can do this. And then I went off to law school. I gained most of my weight back, pitchers of beer and wings, free wings, pitchers of beer after law school, after classes, and I gained back most of the weight I had lost. And so I had a friend who in our, I think our second year of law school, had lost a bunch of weight. And she told me that it was that it was livable and she was one of my close sassy friends and so she took me to my first meeting as a as an adult mm. and it didn't really stick. Like I didn't really didn't really jive with it. I didn't go back.
0: So how many years ago was that?
2: That was two thousand ten. So okay. about nine years ago. So how long um, did you stay on the program or I didn't did you actually attempt stay. it? I didn't stay that year. And then the following summer I I had my last year of law school, and I was coming in and starting, like, this whole new chapter. I was finishing my last year of school across the country, and I was going to be heading back home, and I didn't want to start my life this way. Mm -hmm. I had been, at that point, I think I was around 350 pounds. And so it was was still a little bit less than my highest, because I managed to keep off a little bit. And I just didn't want to feel stuck like that. And I was in a relationship that was... I didn't want to feel like I was settling for that relationship either. and That that felt very tied to my weight. Mm. And so I tried Weight Watchers for real that time when I went back. So it was the, actually it was 2010, the year before is when I first dabbled and didn't actually stick. And so then I went to Weight Watchers and I found, I found a great meeting, a meeting kind of like the one that we have here at hashtag Pasadena 830, where I felt so welcomed And it was a Tuesday late morning, so it was a lot of retired ladies. But I was their poster child, and I remember losing 11 pounds in my first week. And it was so motivating. And I got to the point where I had friends who would save me seats in the Mm -hmm. meeting. And it was on the way to school, and I was able to be really focused because I was just on my own. And so I was able to really follow the program and limit, you know, cut out all of the things that I had just been piling on all of the the bagels and schmears and the giant coffee with lots of sugar and cream and all of the things that had just been a regular part of my life cuz i right. didn't have the knowledge mm. on how to eat well mm-hmm. and then i gained that through ww um and so that's you gained I, the knowledge. the knowledge i gained <laughs> the knowledge while i lost quite a bit of weight and very so I, good yeah, yeah. so that was the beginning of my real ww journey wow. so that was this, this the fall of 2010
0: So, um, Carrie, tell everybody what you do for a living.
2: Uh, I am a social justice attorney.
0: Okay, so I imagine that's very stressful. And how do you cope with all of those stresses and late hours and things like that and still do the WW program?
2: I think WW is a huge way to cope with all of these stresses. Mm -hmm. Uh, There had been a time in one of my previous roles where I was turning to lots of happy hours and drinking to cope with the, the stress and the trauma. Because the roles I'm in, there's a lot of secondary trauma and just trying to deal with that. And that wasn't working. I was gaining back my weight. I was miserable. And so while changing my, my role and the, the actual position I was in, I also reincorporated the things that had made me successful in WW, including activity. And then being active is so important to me.
0: Yes. Okay. Tell us some of your favorite ways to be active. You are, I love what you post on Connect, all of your beautiful pictures of your yeah. hikes and such. So tell us a little bit about your activity.
2: I love being outside. Nature is just so soothing and reviving to me. So I love early mornings. And I also am trying to be very cautious of the sun. So I, I try to avoid the sun or just stay protected as much as I can. So my early morning my jogs i just started trail running so now i am a trail runner which is bananas i love it because elementary school i had a note from my mom every time it was cross country so i didn't have to run cross country and now i'm getting up at six in the morning going out finding new trails because it feeds my sense of adventure to do trail running and i feel like such a hero um, Running so. is amazing, like
0: that, isn't it? Yeah, just those endorphins, and I don't know. I'm a runner too, and I. It's a totally different perspective when you when you do these things and do races and
1: yeah well this is aline here and i'll tell you i recently did a half marathon with erica Uh and it was my very first while it was very very um inspiring and all that to finish i mean it's super rewarding i still have my medal i see it every day at the same time i'm not a runner so i'll just let you guys know i mean we'll get to my story some other time but um i lost most of my initial weight without exercising and a lot of people do. Yes, mm-hmm. so Very true. But how long did it take you to? Because I think like there's a whole podcast that we could probably devote to how you got out of PE from oh, a note yeah. from your mom, but <laughs> and, and and what kind of you know and, and what that says about you know right. your, your childhood and all mm-hmm. that. But what was your like journey to becoming active? Because a lot of people struggle with being active.
2: Yeah, for me, it just started with walking, and it started in Connecticut. We had the rails to trails. Um, project that was nearby and so there was this beautiful former railway railroad uh that turned was turned into a walking and running trail and it was just so beautiful through the woods and that's how I started I was I would would go for walks because like I said being outside has always been very soothing and just relaxing so I started with walks and then a little bit of jogging and as a kid we used to do uh march of dimes and we so like Mm -hmm. the the big group walks have always been fun and exciting and there's Mm -hmm. just that buzz and I remember when I moved back to L.A., I did my first 5K, and I was so proud of myself doing my turkey trot here, actually, in La Cunada. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, <laughs> the first race, nothing like it. Yeah, it was just such a big sense of pride. So it all started with walking. Yeah. I've also done the C25K app, which Let's is what see. helped me kind of build up my stamina, um but it's also crazy how quickly I can lose that stamina when I start falling out of my yeah. exercise habit.
0: Well, I think running is intimidating to a lot of people, but what I love about running personally is everybody can be a runner because mm-hmm. you can do your own pace, you can do run walk, you can do and I know you really like the solitude of running, right? Just
2: yeah. yeah. I do. I like the solitude of running and being at my own pace and being able to stop and enjoy some piece of nature. There's There's these beautiful lilac bushes on one of the paths that I like to do. And I literally stop and smell the flowers. And it's just such a nice little aspect. Um, And I also like the social piece of exercise. So one of the things one of my good friends and I used to do, or we coined it, and I'll share it with you all right now, socializing. Mm -hmm. So then rather than meeting for dinner or drinks, which is such a common thing that we do socially, then we would meet for social exercising. So we'd meet up, and this was back when I lived towards the beach, and so we'd meet up at the beach and do a bike ride together so we could walk or we could talk and still do something active. And I still do that now with friends. Um, Walking around the Rose Bowl and chatting and catching up every week is just such a nice way to be active and social. Yeah.
1: So, But had you made goal when you started doing all this No, I've never made goal. After Mm. all these
2: years, I've lost lots of weight and I've gone up and I actually had to restart my journey um, a few years ago because I, my life had changed. I wasn't the same person I was at my high weight and my motivation wasn't the same. I was happy with like the things I'm able to do, being able to buckle my seatbelt on the plane, finding a wonderful life partner. Um, So you were comfortable. I was comfortable.
1: How did your life change from when you were 350 pounds to when you were comfortable and how much weight had you lost at that point?
2: At that point, gosh, I think I was about And part of it, too, is that life circumstances came up, too, which cut into the motivation. Like, I lost a very, very close friend unexpectedly. And that was when I started to go back up. And then work things piled on and all the trauma. So there's a lot of that. So coping with my feelings. But at that point, I had lost like 135, 140 pounds. Oh, wow. wow. So the things I was able to do physically were amazing
1: like Four. how how had your life changed?
2: Uh, I was able to go and hike the mountains, and i I didn't feel invisible anymore. and i was i I was able to wear the cuter clothes and to to feel proud of myself and and get that attention that I had never gotten when I was overweight, mm-hmm. uh, which also has like an a, an uncomfortable aspect to it, too, like feeling all of that out. It just it just wasn't the same about. I felt normal, I think, and that's what it was, is that I felt normal in a way that I hadn't felt when I had my highest weight, and so I just had to restart, and as I started, you know, I wasn't buying into the program, and there was too many, I think, mental blocks going on, so when I restarted back in 2016, fall of 2016, um, I started at the weight I currently was then, Mm -hmm. which was about 80 pounds less than my highest, when I was a new person, Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I always say that though. I just want to
1: touch on that whole invisibility thing. I always say that I, I feel like sometimes the more space we take up in the world, the more invisible we are. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my journey too, that when I lost weight, and I don't know if it's my own confidence and how I carry myself and how I, you know, walk around, but I noticed everybody looks at me now. Whereas before I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I think that's, it's, it's one of the you know, I mean I, I feel like in media, you know, we protect everybody, but I still feel like people who are obese, they, they they don't have that. It's like it's like one thing that we can still be, you know, negative about. But that's why it's like, you know, I, I wanna ask you about the question like those questions about how, um, how you how you felt different, like that, that you were comfortable. I mean, what was it? Like in, in, in your new body, how was it?
2: You know, and part of it, it's, it's this weird mix of feeling invisible and also feeling like you are the target of what everyone's saying. Like this, this insecurity that like, oh, people are talking about me right now, like being out at a restaurant or, you know, the having to squeeze into a booth when it's tight on your tummy and just feeling like people are making fun of you. Making fun of me is how I would feel sometimes. And that came from actual experiences where people are cruel and just walking down, you know, the boardwalk. I've had mean things said to me in the past. Right?
1: Yeah, it's like the last socially accepted bias, mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And We're t- still
1: mean to like overweight people, and it's
2: and it typically came from men more than women, at least to my face. Like a lot of teasing came from boys and from men, and a lot of like unpleasant dating experiences too. In between all of these things, even when I was when I had lost a lot of weight, still being told well, you know, you're still overweight, so blah, blah, blah. Like, just really terrible things from people I clearly don't need in my life and didn't, had no one close to me would ever say anything like that. Mm -hmm. But just this feeling of, while being invisible in some ways, also being, um, like, all eyes on you. And Mm -hmm. always trying to, I I can't remember how many times I've always tried to pull my shirt over my stomach and and just trying to hide Mm -hmm. as if that changes anything.
0: Yeah. So what advice would you give to – you've had a couple of different times that you've restarted Weight Watchers, or WW. Um, Just wondering what advice you might give to somebody who's just starting out um, in the program.
2: Uh, That's a great question because I think it kind of depends on why that person's starting because I think we all have different motivations that get us to walk in the door. And maybe those motivations shift and change. And I think that most of the time they do shift and change if we stick with it long enough. Um, So I would say to really take the time to think about why are you doing this and thinking about the long run. And I know that's something I love about this podcast is that it is forever what's the rush. Trying to really focus on living a lifestyle that's sustainable. That's right. And finding the joy in it along the way.
0: That's right. That's our tagline. If this is forever, what's the rush? We're on a journey and we're not, none of us are planning to stop anytime soon. So we don't have to rush to get there. Let's learn along the way and, um, you know, let our mind change along with our body.
1: Which is which is really the biggest piece of the puzzle.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Because,
1: I mean, sometimes I look at these quick fixes and, you know, you said that you had, you had initially tried one that was a quicker fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got you somewhere more comfortable, but you weren't able to maintain it. It was not sustainable. And that's the thing that makes WW different. It's something that you can live with for the rest of your life. You can still eat out with your friends. You can still socialize. You can still, you know, cook dinner for your family and shop normal places, eat everything. There's no one food group that's that's off limits. But then you decide, you know, I want to make better choices. So,
2: yeah. So true. And one of the things that I think has been really helpful, aside from finding a group of people that I just feel so connected to and supported by at, at our particular meeting, is really checking in with my body and how I feel physically, because there's been so much of the mental oh, I feel shame or guilt when I would overeat or overindulge or those sorts of things. But physically listening to how I'm feeling and how I feel after I've made more decadent choices or I have tried to eat away some of my feelings and I've had, you know, some binging food choices and I don't feel good physically. So when was the last time you overindulged? Oh, I overindulged uh, last weekend. Korean barbecue. Okay. Where it's endless, which and endless things are always something I still find challenging. Buffets, when it's all free. I agree. And, and there's you, a heavy air quotes around free. And
1: you know what's ironic about that? My very first weekend on Weight Watchers, which was two and a half years ago, I was invited to a birthday party at Korean Barbecue and I remember I made it work. Mm-hmm. And I made it work for the program. And that's I think that's the beauty of mm-hmm. WW because see you saw that as an opportunity for overindulgent. And in that moment when I had just started and I was militant, yeah, you know, it was all about staying on program and I was able to do it. And I remember losing like six pounds that first week and knowing, you know, oh, I haven't messed around. Everything's right. great. And But yeah, that's, that's ironic. So what do you do now when you overeat? What is it, how, how?
2: Oh, it's I instead of it being a spiral, well, like oh, well, I'm already feeling full and stuffed. Let's go ahead. Let's grab dessert too, and oh, I'll have the drinks. And even what overindulging means now is wildly different from what it would have looked like before. Oh yeah. Because overindulging just meant I ate more delicious beef than normal. And it was still the radish wraps and I didn't have any alcohol and I watched my husband throw down two beers and I didn't need to do that because I, that's not what I wanted and we got the veggies and I, you know, tried the squid and this and that. So while I ate more like in volume, the choices of what it was, bad now is not nearly as bad as what bad used to be. And even bad, I don't like to, I try not to use good and bad between my choices because they're all just choices. It's, I try mm-hmm. to focus on how I feel. So. It's a matter of what's worth it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, question for you: Do you still yeah. track when you overindulge?
2: Absolutely. That's something that's changed more too, because the tracking, whether I do it in my app or not, mm-hmm. my body ate all of those. Things. I always see
1: that whether you put it in your tracker or not, your body keeps a perfect record.
2: Yeah. And one of the things too is if I'm if I'm gonna be ashamed of what I've done maybe I want to avoid doing that because I don't like dragging around negative like 200 points for the rest of the week. So kind of remembering that I'm going to see all of this written down. It's going to hang out with me until my next weigh-in. I like that
0: aspect of WW that you not only have like a daily check-in, but also a weekly check-in. Yeah. Because if you use all those weekly points up at the beginning of the week, then it does make the rest of the week a little bit tougher. Um, and I also love that you brought up I've heard you bring this up many times and I've thought about it a lot myself, um, really focusing how these, on how these foods make you feel, Mm -hmm. because when we do overindulge or we eat the, you know, things that we hadn't planned on eating or whatever, what feelings come out of that? How does your body feel? How does your, how do you feel emotionally? And really, I think focusing on those things and just breaking those down helps, helps us. When we get in that situation again so Mm -hmm. i like that you bring that up a lot yeah
2: yeah and i mean yesterday was a nice fun beach day and we got ice cream and i haven't gotten the big ice cream in a really long time i just don't tend to do it it's not it's not usually worth it for me we found this place where it was absolutely delicious and i made sure to sample quite a few flavors because if i'm going in i'm going to get something that's worth it and it was so good it was so good it was probably the best ice cream i've had maybe ever And I appreciate it a lot more and I ate it, but then I felt it in my body not feel so good. So while I really enjoyed it and I do not regret getting that amazing summery lemon ice cream so good, I didn't feel great afterwards. So it was a nice reminder. And I even talked to my partner and I reminded him, like, oh, we did this, but I don't really feel so good now. So it was a good reminder to listen to my body.
1: Question for you, when you when you were 350 pounds and you would eat poorly, let's say, Were you aware
2: of how your body
1: was feeling? Did you think about it?
2: I think that I felt bad physically so frequently that I didn't really know what it didn't feel like. Because I mm-hmm. would overeat volume-wise so frequently and greasy things where I remember having heartburn a lot or, like, the, the night sweats when I've eaten too many, like, the beef sweats. I get them now if I eat too much beef before this. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I get those when I eat too much sugar.
2: Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it had just seemed normal. So it's hard to really remember how I felt that it just wasn't a thing. I didn't really th- – I didn't connect – my actions to my body as much
1: so you said that when you restarted the program in the fall of 2016 you were 80 pounds less than your original start weight on weight watchers in 2010 and how much weight have you lost at this point
2: at this point and see so now when i think about my journey i think about when i started in that fall i Mm -hmm. don't think about the 350 pound me i often don't bring it up like honestly because i've i've separated so much from who i was in that regard Um, but as of now from restarting in the fall, I've lost 81 pounds is what I've, wow, that's excellent. That's amazing. And I'm still not to goal. I still have quite a ways to go actually. Um, but I'm going to get there. That's right. (laughs) And I love that you,
0: you know, just recently, just talking to you recently, um, just working on, um, you know, feeling positive Mm -hmm. and really focused on that goal. And I just, I think that's that's the way to get there, yeah.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about how your day-to-day life has changed from when you were heavier to
2: now? Well, so many little things are just so much easier. Going up a flight of stairs, because I lived on a second-floor apartment back when I was heavier, back when I was in law school, and ever going up the stairs was a challenge and feeling winded or having to do two flights of stairs somewhere, starting to sweat, So just my everyday life, I'm so capable of so many physical things that life is just so much easier in a physical way. And I feel good. I'm the person who's climbing. I'm walking up the escalator, those giant escalators downtown for the metro stations where it's like three floors worth of escalators. I'm walking up those. I'm annoyed by the people who stand in my way. So just being able to physically move more. And I'm so much less sweaty, which is so nice. I remember there were photos from my very first uh, my one ill year in law school. And you could see the, like, the big armpit sweat stains on my blouse. And it was a blouse I loved. But here's all these sweat stains. My hair gets stringy. I, I just feel more. Life is just physically easier now.
1: Because I think sometimes when we start the program, vanity, some, I mean, for me, my first time on Weight Watchers, which was years and years ago, I want to say 18 years ago, vanity got me in the door. And vanity always gets me in the door. But ultimately, what keeps me there or what, keep, or what makes me successful is, is those day-to-day things, the way your life, it's just easier to move through the world. Yeah.
0: So I think that brings up a really interesting uh, maybe end point here. Um, you know, when you go on to Connect, to WW Connect, and you fill out your little profile that goes under your name, it asks you, what's your why? And I think that any journey like this is really built upon that. What is your
2: Why? And just
0: wanted to ask you, Carrie, what is your why?
2: Right now, my why is to be stronger. I want to just be stronger. And I want to be stronger physically so that I can do even more physical challenges. I want to tackle more mountains and climb bigger trails. And I want to be stronger in my mind so that I, I go about my life with more uh, more willpower in a way, I think. And stronger of heart So that there's a lot more grace I want to operate with grace not only for myself But for everyone around me So I just want to be stronger And I've I've felt like what I've now experienced What it feels like in this body This version, which is almost the lowest weight I've ever been in as an adult Lower than when I graduated high school But I want to feel like What does it feel like to be even less Even healthier Was that the
1: same why you had When you started the program?
2: I don't think so I think that was much more, I felt so trapped. It felt like a, I have to do this or I'm going to be miserable. There was a certain level of feeling trapped in a in a sad state that just didn't feel like me. While I've always sought out adventure and not been afraid to try things and find that kind of joy, there just felt like a, a limit to it. And there was so many times where I would watch my friends do things because I either felt subconscious doing it in front of, you know, a group of people, or I physically couldn't because of weight limits and not being able to ride a roller coaster. Those sorts of things really stick. So I just want to be stronger, stronger all around.
0: I really love that. Stronger.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today thanks for being our
1: very first guest
2: oh it's such a pleasure i'm so excited to to see who the next guest is going to be yeah thanks for
1: sharing your vulnerabilities and giving us some of those uh tips and things like that um do you have any 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 kind of last minute tips that you'd like to to give some of our listeners
2: you know uh there's a couple of things that come to mind drink that water it's Mm. so satisfying Even if you don't feel like it, do it. If you think a good thought of, hey, I should get some water, do it. Just do it. Get up and do it. Grab your water. And I'm also a big proponent right now of not weighing at home and just weighing once a week at the studio and not driving yourself crazy with all the many, many fluctuations that happen throughout the week.
1: And as a working girl who has a demanding job, uh, how do you how do you navigate the program while you're you know working full time as a lawyer?
2: I do a lot of chopping at home. Just spent the this afternoon meal prepping, planning ahead. I bring a giant sack of food with me every day, so that I have plenty of healthy things. I try to make it things that I'm excited for, so that I don't have those feelings of longing for other junk. I've also made it very clear not to bring in junk food into our office space. Mm-hmm. So I'm fortunate enough to be able to have a little more control in that. Um, but encouraging healthy choices amongst my team members as well. Setting that role model for most of my team is younger.
1: And on a practical note, what are some of the things that you do eat day to day?
2: Uh, I eat a lot of Greek yogurt. It has taken the place for all kinds of things. It's replaced my mayo, my sour cream, regular yogurt. I love my Greek yogurt. Um, the
0: zero point Greek yogurt, right? Oh, yes, right? fat-free, zero oh, yeah. point, plain
2: Greek yogurt. I can go a long way. Did you
1: like Greek yogurt when you started, or is that no, something why, why you I adapted oh, to that, I, huh? Yeah,
2: I would never seek a plain, <laughs> but now I love it. I think it's great. Um, and I'm a big fan of using my leftovers for lunch, so mm-hmm. making a big batch of something that's really satisfying. I had chicken fajitas and, and salad. Recently. What
1: are other things that you reach for throughout the day to keep you satiated, love- to keep you energized, and yeah. you know, just need a snack?
2: I love my PB2 with a sliced apple. I know some people don't like it, but it totally satisfies my peanut butter craving. I love PB2. Works for me. Uh, The light string cheese. I'm a big fruit eater. I am not one of those people who's concerned about eating too much fruit. I know it's controversial, but I, I go with my pluots and my watermelon, and I love summertime fruits. Um, I do the Greek yogurt with the, the ranch dip so that I can make my own dip, a zero point dip and have my veggie dippers. Super satisfying.
1: What about when that afternoon slump hits and you have to, you know, grab something sweet, crunchy when you have that kind of craving?
2: Yeah, that's where, those snacks are usually my afternoon snacks. Those, those things that I mentioned, the baby bell, the little, uh, baby bells are nice. The baby bell light, the blue, point, one, yeah, one they're one point, point, one point, yeah. um, I do love a lot of coffee, so like iced coffee. I can drink iced coffee black, mm-hmm. so that's nice for my afternoon. But you
1: didn't drink it black because I remember you saying a lot of cream and sugar and coffee. Yeah, so... oh,
2: my coffee game has changed. I, I do the fat-free half and half now. I cut sugar. And I actually cut sugar when I was in Peru because they didn't have very good coffee. Most of it was instant, so it wasn't great anyway. Really? So I was like, why well, put sugar in here? I'll um, just drink it a
0: So what's the difference between the fat-free half-and-half and, half and the regular half-and-half, half, point-wise and taste-wise? What do you think?
2: Oh, you know, this I is a tough, made that tough one jump for me. Yet. So point-wise, I can, have what, I can have six tablespoons for two points of fat-free half-and-half, mm. half, which is three cups of coffee for me, and I yeah. drink a lot of coffee. Whereas regular half and half is one point per tablespoon, so that would be six points. But the problem with the fat-free half and half, and I grapple with this, is that there's a lot of crap in it. Really? There, okay. there's I think there's corn syrup and other things. So while it's a point trade-off, I'm a little concerned about all the junk. Hmm. So See,
1: that's funny because I've always had my coffee black, but sometimes mm-hmm. when I do want to just enjoy a cup of coffee, like I want to sweeten it, I will put the real half and half, and I will measure that mm-hmm. tablespoon- and I know it's one point, and so yeah, yeah, it's a tough call. But see, it's it's whatever's yeah. worth it to it's you, whatever's and, worth and it, what you adapt to, and mm-hmm.
2: and what's working for now. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is that it, it's I think that's so important to remember is that what works for me right now might not work for me in three months. It might not work for either of you. That's right. Or maybe Our journeys change. Of It's like it's like
1: a marriage, you know. It's like you're not in the newlywed phase for forever, right? Right. So you know your why changes, and that person changes, and life changes, and circumstances changes, Mm -hmm. and you have to change and evolve with those changes, and that's kind of what weight loss is. I mean, you know, for us, for for me, at least, it's been a lifetime struggle, and I know it will continue to be, and that's why you know we always say, if it's forever, what's What's the the rush? rush?
0: Thanks so much for joining us today, Carrie. You're listening to Fit Forever with your host, Aline and Erica. Find us on Instagram at www.fitforever.